0: Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902 902- four nine nine five seven one seven trust me when all is said and done we'll be saying tim eisner strikes again hey what is going on hope everyone had a fantastic weekend welcome to another episode of outside the shoot i'm your host randy frame Well, usually I'm recording this intro on Sunday evening, but, you know, I couldn't risk it with the hurricane coming this weekend and the possibility of not having power for a couple days. So it's Thursday, I'm doing it, and I'm making sure I get this posted and set to release on time. Uh, There's no way I wanted to delay having this amazing episode out to y'all. That being said, on to this week's guest. We sat down and chatted with the University of Texas Longhorns head coach, the legendary Mike White. Mike's list of accomplishments in the game are astounding. Here's just an example of some. Eight Hall of Fame inductions, two-time WBSC World Champion, five-time ISC World Champion five-time ASA champion, 10-time ISC All-World Selection, three-time Pan Am Games silver medalist, ISC career win leader with 70, six women College World Series appearances, and three-time Pac-12 Coach of the Year. Now, <laughs> there's there's a lot more, but uh, you know we, we kind of got to get on with this podcast. We're going to talk to Mike about getting a start in the game down in New Zealand, his storied ISC career his time with the New Zealand Black Sox, of course, getting into coaching side of things, and much, much more. This was an absolute pleasure for Hopi and I to chat with such a legend in our game. I know for a fact everyone's going to enjoy this episode. So with that being said, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go.
1: I've got the world in my palm. Lights came, my action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling
2: it felt This freedom I let the world in my palm Like stand my excellent song Ain't never felt this freedom Could you, could you say that anything goes to anything
3: Hello. How's it going? Good, how are you? Good, man.
0: Long time, no talk again.
3: Yeah, it's been great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Although we have been talking to you. Yeah, Just not on the podcast. Sure enough, not on the podcast, but I mean, we had a busy summer. We sure did. It was a great summer. It didn't end the way I wanted it to end, but it certainly was a a lot of fun. Put a lot of hard work in and uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah,
0: I mean, we, we talked prior to going to Nats, you know, about- Getting guys together, getting pictures. But you know what? We got in that environment and it just seemed like it was like you go to the field, yeah, do your thing, get back,
3: yeah. get food. You know what I mean? Like Get ready for the next game. Yeah. yeah.
0: As much as I would have liked to, like there was guys there that we had on the pod. I never even got to talk to.
3: Oh, myself and, as well. I wanted to talk to Hilly so many times and I didn't get to, yeah, the chance it, to. It, I, I did get to talk to Lolly a bit. I talked to Bowley a bit, but um, Nick... Yeah. But other than that, I didn't really get to talk to many guys, but yeah. it's people think you go there for a vacation. It's yeah, not a vacation. It's definitely man. not. It was all work, all business. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, it was an eye opener because I mean, I haven't been there personally in a, in a while. Yeah. And you know, getting to see the quality of bald. Oh, know, it's I fantastic.
3: It it, it's the best. It definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know what? And, and I think about it a lot. Of course, you know, I do. I wear it pretty yeah. heavy. Yeah. Um, we were there. We were right there. Yep. We we're just missing a few key hits. Well, a bunch of key hits. In fact, we did yeah. not hit the ball the way we were supposed to hit the ball. Our defense was great. Scope, our pitching, Travis Jones, Travis Nevin was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonesy was unbelievable. And of course, Scope was just lights out. Yeah. Um, we had those parts. We just didn't have all the parts together. That's right. That's right. It I mean, was very disappointing, but it's something to work towards. And I'm, uh, I'm very keen on what we have coming up through our, Canada Games program yeah. through a junior program. Definitely. Um, some of our guys are gonna have to obviously work on it over the winter. And I'm sure they they realize that. I've already had a conversation with a few and they know that they have to work at it. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll be back. Oh yeah. Back for on sure the podium and uh hopefully, you know, kick things off. Congratulations to Galway, by the way. I mean, that yeah. team's incredible. Yeah. I uh I will say I was happy that the final against Toronto was closer than I expected mm-hmm. um because Galloway was pretty much walking over everybody. Um congratulations to the batman as well because they went Ty out Sebastian was a fucking machine he was I <laughs> like, guess that he was. guy is fucking he's he's the man yeah like i was super impressed with him yeah not only his pitching and his batting but his attitude like he just looked like he gave a shit that's and, right and when things weren't right he gave a shit but yeah he didn't wear it on his sleeve yeah. he, he was he was a true professional for sure for sure i really enjoyed watching him yeah
0: and i mean <clears throat> speaking of uh you know guys who put it all on the line.
3: Scope. Yeah. Big congratulations to Justin. He's he's representing our, our country. Yeah. Finally gave him that Finally. kick. I am so proud of him. Um yeah. I you know, we we talk a lot and I know all the hard work that he's put in over the last number of years, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
3: he'll be all pitching in his barn or just riding his bike in his barn or whatever the hell else he's doing in his barn, but he's always getting prepared for ball. Yeah. And it paid off for him this year. 100%. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm super excited, super stoked. I can't wait to watch them play. Yeah. They're, they're gone from like November 15th till December 5th. It's a long haul. Yeah, it's a long haul. It's, it's a is. long time to be away from your family and from work. Of course, it's a big commitment, but uh, I couldn't be more proud of the guy. Oh yeah. I mean, he's been, he's been working for this. Yeah. Forever, man. Forever.
0: And, yeah. you know, to be able to, to watch him play at this event yeah. is going to be, you know, special, you know, not just for us, but I mean, everybody around
3: the area. Oh my gosh. Yes, for sure. Yeah, it's going to be It's def- amazing.
0: Yeah. Definitely fun to watch. And hopefully the boys uh, have a big tournament because I yeah. mean, there's a lot of, it's a, there's a lot of parody in that, oh that WBSC yes. now.
3: For there sure is yeah. for sure. Yeah. A lot it's of good teams. Just, Our team looks good though. I really definitely. like it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad Bully's back on the roster too. I know that uh, whatever happened, happened, but mm-hmm. uh, he's back on the roster because they need him. He's the he, leader of the team. Calming influence there. Oh my gosh, yes, yeah. for yeah. sure.
0: We got the Shooters League finals underway now.
3: Yep, the finals started last night, Canada Games versus Brookfield. It was a 6-2 Brookfield win. Mm-hmm. scope had uh, just a mere 20 strikeouts. <laughs> Not a big deal. Uh, pretty good game. The first inning kind of got away from Canada Games. Yeah. Just maybe not playing a lot lately. Um, still a very good squad. There's yeah. still lots of games to be left. Those guys will be all right.
0: Well, I mean, those guys—they put it all on the line there. Oh gosh! The yeah. Can the games? I mean, after yeah. that, it's kind of a yeah. Uh, it would be hard to. Get
3: it would be it very game. hard. But at the same time, yeah. the coaching staff can games. Have they don't let it be? No, just, that's right. Hey, this is going to be. Let's just go play. That's right. We're yeah. playing for something for sure.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: And they were missing a few key guys too. Pat's is away at university in the States and PD's mm-hmm. away at university, of course. And mm-hmm. Riley was at, you know, everybody's at Everybody. school.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough time of the year to, uh, yeah
3: yeah, you know, but now we have hurricane Fiona, that bitch coming in. So we're going to uh, cancel the rest of this week. But so
0: yeah, when this, uh, this drops on Monday, oh, yeah. we might not have power. It might not get, I might not be able to drop this on Monday. it nah, will be fine Monday. I hope so. But, uh, to end on Saturday. I think. Yeah. Never know how long we, you know, ah. Scotia power is around here.
3: Yeah. I think they, uh, the last hurricane we had, they were scared shitless too, but nothing even touched us. No, that's right too. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, yeah, yep. nothing anyway. would. Hopefully, it's fine.
0: So we got a big guest today.
3: Yeah, you've, you've been shitting your pants all day about it.
0: <laughs> I'm quite nervous with this one.
3: I mean, eh, it's pretty it, special for us.
0: Big man in the game, like <laughs> the biggest, like not just a men's side, the women's side. I mean, yeah, the guy's in eight Hall of Fames. Yeah, <laughs> that goes to tell you right now, like what kind of player yeah. and impact. Mike White, his oh, head on the game of softball. Absolutely. And you know what? I can't wait to talk to him and hear his story and everything that he's done leading yep. up to where he is right now. Because, I mean, he's with the University of Texas. And, I mean, what a run they made last year at the Women's College World Series. They, God, weren't, yeah. they weren't supposed to be there. But you know what? Mike White has that magic touch it seems I mean for sure I mean you look at the what he did with the University of Oregon turn them into a powerhouse before he moved on and and man I uh, I just can't wait to talk to him
3: it's <laughs> gonna be fun you're very excited <laughs> I am I am so <laughs> that's good hey what let, let's get to him man. let's get to him all right okay sounds um, good for for for
0: yo All right, here we go. We are honoured to have on today two-time WBSC World Champ, five-time ISC World Champ, 10 ISC All-World Selection, (laughs) inducted into eight Hall of Fames,
3: Hopi. Not in the East Dance Hall of Fame, (laughs) (laughs) though.
0: And the current head coach of the University of Texas Longhorns, Mike White. Mike, thanks so much for coming on the podcast.
1: You're welcome, fellas. Thanks for for the invite. How's uh, how's things going
0: down the great state of Texas today?
1: Oh, not too bad. It's, uh, not quite a hundred, but it's close. It oh, feels that way. So, geez. um, you know, uh, but it, it's, it's beautiful. It's, uh, we're right in the middle of practice and getting ready for, uh, you know, the full season.
0: Nice. Nice. We're, awesome. we're, we're prepping for a hurricane this weekend. So. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <God>. good. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So how's the, uh, how's the prep going for the upcoming season?
1: Oh, pretty good. You know, we, we lost a lot of good players last year, some senior leadership and, um, yeah, we've got a a pretty young team, but we really like the freshmen and newcomers that we're bringing in. I think they're going to add, add a lot to the team, but of course you never know until the until the lights turn on and you get going on what's going to happen. Yeah,
0: right. that's so true. I mean, but, but that experience that of the returning players got last year from the World Series, that probably helps a bit, wouldn't you say?
1: Oh, without a doubt. And then something you can't practice, you know, being in that kind of environment and, you know, having you back to the wall. Uh, we had, well, I think, six or seven times we are down to our last game and we're able to uh, fight our way through it. So definitely something you, you can only talk about, but you can't really experience until you do it.
0: Right? Yeah, for sure. Now, is, is the fall mainly like, a, is that a feeling process for everyone, you know, work on team building sort of thing?
1: It is, uh, for sure. Um, you know, without a doubt, we're trying to figure out what the newcomers can do. We, we know what the returners can do. And then just getting everybody to blend and gel and, and do some things, um, you know, team building activities. Uh, we're reading a book right now called Boys in the Boat, which is um, you know, the 1936 Olympic gold medalist team. Uh, you know, just trying to, to, you know, they came from nothing and they, they weren't expected to win it and they won it, you know. So I don't know if you know the story behind it, but it's pretty cool. Um, you know, so just bringing some, some metaphors in like that to help us build. And, um, you know, we're not champion blood type, so to speak, but, uh, you know, we played well last year and we fought well and that's what it takes in the end.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: Now, what is it like,
0: what, what kind of process do you go through for, you know, the freshmen coming in? Because I imagine, it's, you know, that's a... Pretty big eye opener for for them coming into you know th- that kind of envir- environment.
1: Yeah, well, the first few weeks is really a lot about teaching. You know, just kind of you know letting him go, see what they can do, figure out if we need to make some some uh, changes, and then of course teach him the way you know we run the bases, the way we coach, the way we do things at Texas. You know, as far as uh, strength and conditioning and um, you know those types of things. Uh, so it really is a lot of slowing stuff down, teaching. Uh, and then, of course, going through our methods and, and what we do for pitching, especially for me, is trying to find out what they what they need, what they can do, and what we need to work on. So, it is a really a lot of slowing things down and just building everything up and getting them prepared for the new season coming up, of course, in February.
0: Right on, right on. Now, you guys start your uh, exhibition fall this weekend, don't you?
1: Yeah, we do. We, we've got a game. Uh, we did have a um, orange versus white kind of team scrimmage there last Friday. Uh, and of course, that's always a no-win situation. You, you, know, you, you want the hitters to do well and the pitchers to do well. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you can't have both. Yeah. Um, but it, it did go fairly well. But um, yeah, we do play, uh, of course, uh, another team this, uh, this Saturday.
0: Yeah, I, I saw the the team. Is it like a community college or something like that? Is it?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So what what kind of program are they running? That's
1: Uh, You know, it's it's tough to say because they change over more frequently than we do, you know, every two years. But, um, you know, obviously, you know, they've got some kids there that uh, may not have made the the top uh, teams for certain reasons. It could be academic, it could be maybe they got overlooked, maybe late bloomers. And so, you know, those kids are obviously hoping to come in and um, you know catch our eye. So it's an opportunity for them to do that. And then also, you know sometimes we find some players that we can't fit in, especially you know, like from overseas. You get a kid from New Zealand or Australia or Canada, for example, and maybe they haven't uh, had the exposure and they can go to a junior college um, like McLennan mm. uh, and, um, you know, kind of work under a system like that. And then their coaches may say, Hey, look, we got a kid that really could maybe play at your level. So right nice. on. yeah.
0: Right on. Well, we'll definitely, we're going to come back to the coaching side of things for sure. But uh as with uh, every guest that we have on, we like to uh, to ask them how, how you got your start in the game, there, Mike.
1: Yeah, well, it was actually a family thing, um, you know. And, and in New Zealand, uh, we didn't have any baseball, so that wasn't really an option for for that type of sport. But the other the other choices were um, were cricket, tennis, you know, golf, uh, those types of things. And um, my family had always played softball, so uh, that's what I kind of got drawn to, and uh, started off as a shortstop believe it or not. And, um, you know, kind of grew out of that position. I think I got slower. <laughs> and, uh, maybe I uh, couldn't hit as well. So I started to pitch. Um, and then it started off as a teenager and, and, um, just had a year where I just jumped, uh, really blossomed and, um, you know, caught the fever. I think one of those things that I watched was 1976 or, um, uh, World tournament in New Zealand in Lower Hutt, where Kevin de and Ty Stahlut hooked it up for like twenty something innings. Oh wow! Uh, wow! Uh, and I, I I think Ty Stahlut threw a no hitter, and um, actually the only runner got on base. He hit my pitch. So oh. <laughs> it was, it was like watching those guys just memorize, mesmerize batters with the pitches um, kind of fueled the fire for me in that area. Wow!
0: No doubt. I mean, twenty innings, no hitter like
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's kind of ridiculous was yeah. pretty good
0: <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah absolutely I, I i've watched plenty of plenty of videos on ties he, he uh he could definitely throw the ball what uh now what uh you said other members of your family you had other members like that were involved in the game as well
1: yeah, actually, my, my mother was a catcher and my uh, my sister was a pitcher. So my mom called my sister and, you know, there was um, – there was 10 years difference between myself and my sister. She's uh, she's now 70. So there was a little bit of difference and, you know, I was a bit younger and I was just mainly going to the games to see if I could stay out of trouble <laughs> you while know? well, they played. So I wasn't really paying too much attention, but – um but my dad played as well, uh, oh, okay. and um, yeah, he was a he was a player and a hitter, and uh, he always gave me advice on how to how how I should be hitting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all, all doing stuff. But, Typical dad. Uh, That's
3: what all the dads yeah, do. Yeah.
1: Exactly, and then my older brother played as well. So in New Zealand, I don't know if you know this, but it's more of a club sport. So, you know, you would have all age grades, so you would come in as maybe, you know, 10U, 8U or whatever, and and then you'd have the, uh, you know, 16-, 17-year-olds, and you'd have, like, the the social club members, the guys a little bit older, then you'd have, like, a major reserve team that's trying to make the major team, and then you'd have the major team. Oh, okay. So, and then you have woman's side of it as well. So it was really just a good club atmosphere where you could get and meet people and socialize. So it was, it was a lot of fun.
0: Right on, right on. Now it's funny you mentioned that you uh, you started as a shortstop because I had Thomas Mackey on on last week and he had uh, I had said what like because him and Jared Martin started as pitchers. And I said, what the, right. does everybody start out as pitchers down there? And he's like, he laughed. He's like, no, actually, we all start out as shortstops. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so when you said
1: that, I was like, oh, it's Makes true. Sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, and don't, don't forget Donnie Hale. Those oh, yeah. yeah that's exactly. right, too. That's yeah, right, was, too. Uh, yeah. So, the, yeah, I, it, isn't that funny? I always say the best athletes are pitchers. So there you go.
3: Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. for sure. <laughs> for sure. Now, I yeah. understand you first came over to the US in, in 1980, wasn't it? Playing the team Saginaw? Yeah.
1: That's correct. So,
0: yep. How did that all go down?
1: Well, there was an interesting story there because uh, in 78, 70, I was just graduating high school, what we call college down there, uh, and um, I, I was a soccer player on our first 11 team, and I got noticed by the New Zealand national team coach and got selected to play for New Zealand's um, up-and-coming team and to tour New, New Caledonia and, Fee, and Fiji uh, in the end of 79 there. And uh, the, the trip got canceled because of a coup in Fiji. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, what do I do now? You know, and I've been training really hard and everything else. And then Kevin Hullahi, uh was got selected to pitch for New Zealand. And that time you had to go back to New Zealand to be eligible to be able to play in those World Series. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, okay. yep, that's right. And so his club, Saginaw Bolters, that had just won the ISC, needed a pitcher. So he recommended me to, to, to go over there. And um, I jumped at it because I thought that might be my only shot to go to the to the big, to the, you know, the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I went over as an 18 year old, stayed with Doug Gillis, uh, his family. Uh, you know, Doug Gillis, the other the pitching coach now yeah. for Virginia Tech. Yep. Uh, his dad actually was the sponsor of the team, Art Gillis. Okay. And uh, and they ran what they call a locker business, which with the Bolters name came from, Saginaw Bolters, there was a locker. And so, uh, you know, I went to stay with them for six months and had a great time. It was a good experience, um, you know, kind of really kind of the rookie over there. But uh, it was a lot of, it was a big learning experience, I'll tell you that much.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, what was that, that first, in, first initial uh taste of the u.s must have been pretty big eye opener
1: <laughs> yeah and there was a, there was another thing that happened too we played in the stars and stripes tournament in aurora and i actually pitched against new zealand uh because they were over oh wow there. yeah and we and we beat i think we beat them <laughs> <laughs> but of course you know memory could be off a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah now did i read that like the following year had you were having second thoughts about your softball career
1: yeah, I uh, really did. Um, I went back. I thought, well, I just want to um, go back and start a professional career in New Zealand as a as a manager trainee for New Zealand Couriers, which is like UPS or <laughs> FedEx. Uh, you know, and um, I lasted about a, a year at that, and then I got a call from the United States. So, so I didn't come back to the eighty one season. I stayed in New Zealand, uh, and and uh, you know just. Was concentrated on my professional career, and then I got a call from um, the uh, the Dallas um, Dallas team, uh, Fort Worth Kings, and and they said, uh, you know, I was making and, and at that time in your zone careers, I was making like you know, four bucks an hour or something, dollar <laughs> you know, fifty an hour is like ridiculous, you know, yeah. so it was like about one hundred twenty five bucks a week. I don't know, and um, and then I got offered uh, you know I some some money to go play, and it was like five times what I was making. So it was like okay, easy I'm decision, this. Yeah. yeah, no
3: brainer.
0: Yeah, that's pretty easy. Yeah. It's,
1: it's kind <laughs> it of funny.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny though. You ended up in uh, Texas when you come back, and now it's kind of come full circle. Huh?
1: You know, some, some things happen. You know, there's a few places I said I'd never ever go play. One was Aurora, one was Decatur, and one was Sioux City. And I ended up in all three. So. <laughs> yeah, never <laughs> was, say never. Never say never. And it was the same thing, you know, with that. So, you know, it is it is funny.
0: That's crazy. Now, it's funny the stuff that I come across when, when doing research because, I mean, I dig as deep as I can get. But did you go three months without giving up a single run during the 82 season down in New Zealand?
1: Oh, I have no idea about that one, but that was, but, uh.
0: I come across a news article, actually, that, like, a newspaper, and I read that. I was like, that is absolutely insane.
1: Like, (laughs) three months. Yeah. Well, I I remember there was a time there where I felt really, you know, pretty dominant. Um, You know, I don't, I don't, you know, we never kept wins or losses or strikeouts or anything like that. It was very scatter, you know, that I never kept myself. You know, it was a much more of an American thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I know that uh, I definitely you know, didn't lose too many games, and, and if I ever gave up a run, it was a bad, <laughs> it was a bad time. So.
0: <laughs> now you, you mentioned about coming back uh, in Texas, then you played a couple seasons in Bakersfield, I believe, and then yep. made the jump to Cedar Rapids. How big of a part did that that decision play in the course of your life? Because I I have a feeling it played a pretty big, pretty big uh, part. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah well there was a there was some some tragic things that happened in new zealand um when i was 18 uh i lost my brother in a car accident or a motorcycle accident yeah. and then um a couple of years later when i was in bakesville california uh i got a i got a call right after the tournament finished and, and my sponsor told me that my mom was ill with cancer and only had a few months to live and so, you know, there were some things happening in New Zealand that weren't the best, and I think that maybe that played into a lot of the reasons why I decided to kind of uh, escape. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, as a young person, you kind of, you know, you kind of get mad at things and you just want to yeah. kind of run away, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that played into it or not, but um, it was certainly a time where I considered staying over in the States, and, and after a, a, another couple of trips back home to New Zealand, I decided to try and stay in the United States. And I told some people, I'm going to stay over the winter and I'm going to kind of try to go back to school because I figured that, um, you know, I needed an education to kind of really further everything. I wanted to own my own business eventually and I wanted to go back to school to learn. So I, I kind of hung out and waited for the, you know, for some things to happen. And I got a call from um, Kirk Packingham in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and he, we kind of worked out a deal. He agreed me to put me through school um you know in in cedar rapids and so that's kind of where that started and um thank goodness i did because if i didn't go back to school i would never have uh, been able to do the job i've got now so well yeah definitely definitely worked out
0: best for you for sure um yeah and and you ended up you met your wife in cedar rapids too didn't, didn't you
1: that's right yeah. yeah i met my wife in cedar rapids um and uh you know we we traveled new zealand we actually played on the same club team if you can believe that i think it was in like 89 or 88 so i think we came down and stayed in new zealand for six months and she caught for the women's team and i pitched for the men's team so it was kind of oh, like wow. yeah, kind of fun yeah wow,
0: that's pretty yeah. cool so 1987 it all comes together you win your first isc world tournament with the Teleconnects. uh you take home most outstanding pitcher, named all-world team. How special was that first ISC title for you? Uh,
1: it was incredible because, you know, we were kind of like a small, really small club team. I think we only had two imports. It was myself and a, a fella called Jody Henniger. So, you know, he was pretty good, you know, and he was a young guy. I remember the first game Jody threw for us, I think he had, 13 strikeouts, one hit, and 13 walks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just effectively wild. But, you know. yeah. Hard
0: and to that, dig in there. That,
1: yeah. yeah, and it kind of it summed it up. Jody was, uh, he was a big strong kid, a little wild, a little crazy, and uh, he would throw it you know, from the left side. But hmm. obviously he, he became one heck of a pitcher later on, and you know, it was hard to say he was a better hit or a pitcher. Um, so that was kind of fun. But just the camaraderie mm-hmm. we'd built from being a local bunch of guys – and, um, you know, we were always considered at that time the other team in Cedar Rapids because they had Modern Piping, uh, which was a team that had won the ASA Nationals, I think, in the past. And so they were the big team, Greg Bosch, Al Rausch, mm. and several others on that team, really good team. And so that's when we became uh, a little bigger name. Uh, and, of course, there was another big team in Iowa at that time uh, called Pencore.
2: Um, oh, yeah. And
1: yeah. Um, we actually won the ISC before they did, and then they won it the year after. So there was – Pretty good league going on throughout the Iowa and Midwest with, you know, Decatur and Bloomington Hearts, and the Royal mm. Illinois and all that. So yeah, it was, it was, um, it was good.
0: Right on. Now, I think uh, I was listening to your episode there with, uh, with uh, Chopper and Damien on Beyond the Duggo that, that you did over the summer. And I think you were talking about that, that team there and you guys during the ISCs, you were like, you wanted to win your game. So you could go fishing on your day off. <laughs>
1: like, that's a great way. That's great motivation right there. <laughs> it was. It was. It, 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 I mean, that's just the way we did it. You know, it was like, hey, we get a day off, so let's play and make sure we win and we get a day off to go fishing. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so I, I I should dig up some pictures of that because you know we caught a pretty good swinger, a stringer of walleyes. Oh, nice! Was a bunch of us, and you know, and there was a, a pretty good joke. I mean, these guys would play practical jokes on each other and. And so we, you know, we clean the fish and we'd have them. And then so. You know, one of the guys in his room. He, there was always a smell in there, and they thought, well, they must have spilt <laughs> spilt some water, you know, on the ground. And I don't know if you remembered that uh, eighty seven ISC though, but it was freezing cold. It was like thirty degrees the whole time, and so we had the heat registers going. Well, some of these clowns had taken some dead fish there and put it in the heat register. Oh. <laughs> so I mean, that's the kind of stuff these guys would do. All week, so.
3: <laughs> but,
0: but I mean, that's a hey, that stuff like that. That's that's
3: that's team building. Team building, right there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so to speak
0: yeah. yeah yeah and just how good was the softball scene there in the midwest back in the late 80s and early 90s oh
1: it was really good i mean you know even a small place like ellis park which i think they may have had 20 foot high light poles so it was a, it was a great great place to pitch, pitch absolutely you know, so it looked really good under those lights I mean, <laughs> it was kind of like playing in uh what was that one up there at waterloo i think there was one up in waterloo there somewhere oh in Kitchin, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Kitchener, yeah, it was Kitchener, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was some pretty low poles there, but but uh, no, the the, the fans there would line the fences and it was huge, and they had a really big uh minor open, you know. We would we would finish playing the major open, then I'd go play second base, second base, and minor open, and
3: oh, wow. you know, and, uh, so
1: it was it was, it was a pretty big sport right now, and then, of course, you know, there was a lot of teams in the you know, and, and a lot of people forget. Back in those days, it was almost just, it was harder to try and qualify for the ASA Nationals than it was to actually win it. It was like crazy. Yeah, that's true. Very difficult. Yeah. very difficult.
0: Yeah, because I mean, God, you'd have you'd have like eight to ten teams within a you know a hundred mile radius of one another that you know would be competing. So I mean, oh like, yeah, like yeah for sure. That definitely makes it yeah. tough. Yep, yeah.
1: Yeah. and the same thing happened in in Illinois. You'd have white um, like Aurora. Bloomington Hearts, you'd have um, Decatur, um, and a couple of others that are all trying to win one, one spot out of that region because everything was done in regions then.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: it could be very difficult.
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: Now, of course, you'd play for a number of remarkable teams throughout your ISC career. What, uh, what are some of those teams that stick out in your memory as being, you know, wow, we were a powerhouse, or, or man, did we ever overachieve?
1: well, definitely the what was the um, the team. You know, just like I said, we weren't expected to win it. I think they did a, a documentary on the nineteen eighty seven Saskatoon week, and we were never mentioned until the last day. <laughs> 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 so, okay, yeah, that's no, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. We even we even thought about. So that that was pretty cool. And then, you know, of course, you know, going to play for the the, the greatest teams I've played for with a. And NHCD and Pemcore, those two teams there were just unbelievable. Um, you know, I mean, well, we'd have four pitches. you know. Ken Opstein kind of had the version that if you, if you beat him, he went and got you, you know. Oh, yeah, um, so yeah. that- so that was that was a uh, you know a tremendous honor to play for a club like that around great people like Marty Koenigun, you know, Mark Sorensen, Tim Wall. Uh, you know, the the list goes on there. You know, there's a ton of David Boy's was awesome, you know, a short mm-hmm. salt, one of the best ones I've ever seen. Bill Boyer in center field could track anything down. So it was really it was it was cool. You know, and they're true professionals uh, mm-hmm. in, in the way they played the game. Uh, so that was that was neat. And then of course, you know, um, you know, playing for of some, some of the other teams like uh, Meyerhofer or um, uh, St. Joe's Casino, uh, Frontier Casino was good because, again, that was another local type team uh, like um, Teleconnect where, you know, they're basically the only person they are really bringing in was myself. And, of course, they had the American standout, Doug Doug uh, Milton. Uh-huh. Uh, he was good. But uh, several really good ball players on that club and they could play and Again, we were not picked to, to win it, especially after you lost that first game. And I think we came back through the winner's bracket and won every game. And between Doug and myself, we'd just switch off. And it was really pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I actually, I remember when you guys won with St. Joe's and I can remember saying, who the hell is this team? Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you know what I mean? Like I, I knew who you were and like a couple other, others. And I was like, whoa, this is definitely, definitely an upset.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Ross Day, Kerry, um, you know, Kerry Shore, um, you know, um, gosh, the first baseman was awesome as well. Um, there was just so many really good ball players, And then we had a couple of unknown guys make some great catches in the outfield to save some runs. And it just, it was just everything seemed to click and we just built off each other. It mm-hmm. was great.
0: Yeah. Now, are there any hitters over your career that, you know that had your number because I know I know for a fact that you had a lot of theirs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, you know, well, there were definitely some hitters that were more difficult to get out, and always a fun, challenging uh, facing them. But uh, Ted Hicks was definitely one of the best right-hand hitters I faced. Um, he was—he just seemed to be able to make the adjustments uh, to what you're throwing. Because most most hitters would have some sort of weakness, you know, that you could go and attack, and you could just kind of stay there. And if you just did your job, you're okay. But but he was able to to make that adjustment um, i think mark Sorensen was just yeah cuz he caught me so often and he knew how i you know we knew each other really right. well you know it was always good battles against mark i mean he was he was tough um, uh, rothrock was uh, just a good really good power hitter um you made a mistake and he went near the zone he was going to smash it uh, Danny denny place was good uh, there was a there was a number of good ones uh, steve shot um you know those guys with their small strikes and unfortunately he's passed away right now but you know steve was like i don't know if he was five foot five but you know he could hit from his ankles to his to his helmet you know yeah
0: <laughs> those, know. that makes it tough
1: <laughs> oh those kind of guys were tough yeah. yeah so
0: right on now uh let's jump over to your time with new zealand Black Sox here uh sure first time you put on the country's uniform how special was that moment
1: it was incredible, especially because you know my mother was alive at that time and my family was around and um it was it was just real special um you know uh, you know we, we weren't able to tear away, but it was a home series, but that was pretty cool but the next year was with the year when we uh, the uh, 1984 team was going to be selected for the world, so it was kind of like all right cool i got kind of got a, an, an edge in here need to make sure I keep it now. Um, but it was uh, it was very special a little, to win your zone across my chest. Yeah.
0: Now, one thing that amazed me, I never knew this until I, of course, heard beyond the dugout was that you bookended your career with the Black Sox with perfect games. That's yes. absolutely insane. <laughs> of course, yeah. we'll get to the one in 96. But that first one, your very first game with the national team, man. Yeah talk about having nerves of steel what was going on there
1: <laughs> well it was it was just you know i, I thought about like I, I think climbing the pole was easier than actually getting at the top and trying to ward everybody off you know yeah be good, afraid of yeah. falling um so i i didn't know any better so I was just attacking. I didn't even know who this ADM team was. You know, I didn't know offense to them. Right. Yeah. I, really, I really didn't. They were pretty you know. good though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. They were fantastic. I mean, like all those big names, and they had Jeff Sipe in there as well, and a couple other pickups. Um, but uh, you know, so so really, just the uh, you know sometimes ignorance can be bliss, and I think that was kind of part of it. I didn't really know what they were, but then the next time I played them, they made the adjustment. They started to pick. It was the first time I really got picked. Where the the, the coach was, and the players were calling out what I was throwing, and it kind of really rattled me. Um, so it was a good, really good learning experience, and that uh, in that pr- perspective. And then I had to learn how to get over that, and mm. uh, and of course later on in my career I became a pretty good picker myself, so I was able to learn some techniques to pick pitches. Actually, I
0: was going to bring that up. We've had a lot of guests on here that have actually brought you up as being one of those guys I that can that can pick,
1: like <laughs> those guys. <laughs> well, I mean, but, oh, there
0: there's actually there, like there's select few that can yeah. are actually really good at it, and your name is amongst yeah. the the top there. Like what what's some of the things that you focus on?
1: Oh, it's it's almost like you've, you've played uh, the game of spot the difference you know you have what, a picture of one thing on one side and a picture on the other and you just right. spot the difference uh, I was able to do that pretty well I could see the idiosyncrasies or the little things if it was a grip or a movement or a tempo or there's just so many things that you look at you know mm. first of all you look for easy things like the grips you know either changing your thumb position or turning your wrist or bending your wrist or height you know those types of things and you know, there's some weird things pitchers do. Like we had one guy, he bent over further on one pitch. You know, you get somebody else that locks their back leg, you know, instead of keeping it bent on a certain pitch. Right. So it's, it's just really, it can come from anywhere. And sometimes you just see something, you just go through a checklist and go, oh, okay, there it is. You got it. Huh. Um. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Like, I mean, I've, like, Hopi and I, like, we coach together. and And that's one thing that I've, I've been trying to do is try and like you know see if I can find little things and you know sometimes you can see like one thing I noticed, like with a couple guys like you know guys will bring their hands together in front of their chest and if they're gonna throw a different pitch like say a changeup they kind of have their glove over their letters on their uniform I I would notice like sure. just little things like that but I mean yep. I I've heard things where you're like you're picking up guys breathing techniques.
1: you you know how the stories always get better yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they
3: said you were a jedi of some sort
1: (laughs) well i did get called yoda one time
0: (laughs) i guess that makes sense then oh that's crazy so the 1984 ISFs, uh you win gold in midland michigan uh yeah how special was that first one for you
1: it was really good because you know we we had a bunch of young guys Uh, it was um in the the team we sent away in 1980 and and, and before that was kind of like an old school of guys and, and no disrespecting those guys but it was really kind of like the last old guard you know right. of, of that of that kind of series you know where that we really couldn't score runs back mm-hmm. in those days I mean like I said we went 19 20 innings without getting a hit and I don't know if we'd actually hit what we in New Zealand we call them automatic home runs you know yeah. over the fence. Um, and we, I don't know if we really hit one. And then all of a sudden we got these players like Mike Nichols and Ian Stringer and, uh, you know, John Joyce would being over of the United States and played great shortstop over here. And, uh, we had a bunch of guys who could actually rake the ball now. And then we had always, we'd always had the pitching. And of course I had myself and Steve Jackson. I think even who he was still pitching a little bit and one, one more, I can't quite remember who that, who that was, Jump. but uh, I don't think Chubb was on the Chuck. team at that, that stage. Marty, um, he was um, he was eighty eight. No, Marty was too young as too well.
0: Young. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. I c-
1: so, but um, so so that's where I was. Money, myself, and and Steve, and and Kevin Nuhuli. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, we actually beat the uh, the US, I think, outright for the first time in that tournament. Um, and that was that was kind of pretty cool. So we did a, a number of firsts with a young team. Under a new coach called Mike Walsh, and we brought in some really some new coaching strategies as far as um, pre-game talks and everything else. Before it used to be just turn up to the field and go play, mm. and we really did a lot of stuff. And also at that um, time, we started to use some some video, uh, you know, of like uh, filming teams and and kind of getting a little more into the mental side of stuff. Right.
0: So yeah, right. Now. I just back then I would that would you know, using video back then, that would have been pretty huge. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, 1992, a little bump in the road against Canada in the finals. Now, yeah. I heard you tell the story about J- Jody Henniger in this game. So, <laughs> yeah. like, Jody's from our home province, which made the story even better from our perspective. <laughs> but uh, do you mind sharing that one?
1: Well, we all knew Jody, you know, because he he gone to New Zealand. He, he played a lot in New Zealand. And we knew what he was, his power capabilities. And, you know, like I said, we, we took this approach where we went through every single player, you know, where it was Marty Koenigan, Mark Smith, Jody Henniger, and we really said, you know, we're going to eliminate certain types of pitches against these guys and really make them hit our pitches. So one of the things was, you know, we're never going to throw Jody Henniger at rise ball. You know, he just, we'll make him hit drop balls or <laughs> we'll change-ups or something, you know. So anyhow, so it, it's, uh, we're up 3 nothing in the fifth innings and Chubb is throwing really well, throwing great. We're playing good defense. Kind of feel like you know. I think they're starting to pop the champagne bottles already. You know, <laughs> people are getting pretty cocky, and uh, so w- something happens. I think there was an error or a walk or a hit batter or something. Somebody got on, and it was another chink. And Jody was on the bench, you know, with his tennis shoes on. And I think he had his video camera then, or whatever he had a camera. And all of a sudden, his name got called, and so he's hobbling out there, you know, with his batting gloves. You can I don't know if you can p- picture him. Uh, coming up to the plate, and uh, you know, I think Chubby got a strike on him straight away, and then uh, another strike, and I think Chubby tried to waste a rise ball on him, and he hit it out. <laughs> I was like, oh man, that was it, and so, uh, and, and it just changed the complete momentum of the game, and uh, I ended up coming into that game, and I think we lost in the 10th inning, I think Max Smith had a double uh, to win the game. Oh, right, yes. Uh, yeah, and I think we lost, it was, tenth it was a 10th inning, yep. it was still a close game, but yep. It was just oh my god! It was like you just could. It was like a, a balloon got popped.
0: Yeah, yeah. Chubby didn't read that scouting report before the for the game. Huh? Uh,
1: Chubby was always <laughs> a little stubborn. He was going to do it his way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, that's what that's what made Chubby good. Yeah, oh Chubby yeah. You know, yeah. So, but you know there's there's a time and a place to everything, and so I think Chubb learned from that, um, and we all learned from that. So you know, it's yeah. just It just it was it was tough. Yeah, for sure.
0: Now. Let's talk about 96 back on top of the softball world. Thanks hugely in part to your perfect game in the finals. Now we had Mark Sorensen on here and we talked about this on the, on his episode. Now he said you were shit warming up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I can vouch for that. (laughs) I was going, "Mm, this is going to be a tough one. You know, I I didn't feel like I could break a pane of glass, you know, nothing felt good. And, uh, you know, I was really kind of struggling. And, and to tell you the truth, I think even the first innings, I wasn't really that sharp. And mm. I know I, I remember Jared Martin making a diving play to his left or right. I think it was to his right uh, and snared a ball that, that probably would have been a base hit. And um, you know, then you just start to get comfortable. And I can just remember going back to the dugout because we were facing Darren Zach at the time, and Zach was uh, at the top of his game. Mm-hmm. And, and um, basically, I took it from myself just to, just to pitch against him. Like I was not going to let a run score, uh, you know, because I I couldn't afford to because he was so hard to score off. Right, and so that was my job. My whole focus was just focusing on not letting them score, um, you know, and and that's what that's what I concentrated on them before I uh, knew it. It was up to like the sixth innings, and we you know had that perfect game going, and and then of course nobody wants to be near you. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, that's so true yeah. too. But I mean, after I, I after it's all said and done, though, I mean. Of course you, you win, you win gold, but I mean, looking back and just the magnitude of throwing a perfect game in that situation, I mean, that's going to be pretty special for
1: you. Oh, there's no doubt. I yeah. mean, you, 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 you know, you, you dream about something like that. And, um, so it's kind of surreal when it all kind of happens and it's like, you're pinching yourself, you know, the next week, it says it's real, yeah. you know, or is it still that dream? And, um, yeah, you know, of course. Uh, you know, pitching to greats like Mark Sorensen and um, some really intelligent ball players on that club. I mean, that's the biggest, biggest thing about what happened to New Zealand softball was they really started to think outside the box and to really to know the game and to dedicate themselves uh, to to becoming better. Um, right. You know, to, to learning from the Americans and Canadians uh, instead of saying, you know, what happened is to learn and start to play some of their game."
0: Yeah, that's right. Like, I mean, bringing like Don Trecker was influential in bringing that to, to the Black Sox, was he not?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it, it, it all kind of really, like I said, it really kind of started with um, Dave McKercher, who never really coached in New Zealand level, but he was a smart guy that I was you know, tutored under. And then Mike Walsh was the next one that bought it, and then Don Tricker. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, and Don's just incredibly uh, smart man.
0: Oh, geez. We, we had him on the podcast here and and – I'm telling you i I could have talked for hours with Don like just the yeah. i mean it it shows on you know what he's doing in his career right now with san Diego i mean <laughs> yeah you know what i mean right. like it's it's for sure it's great now uh of course you'd move on to the u s national team following ninety six worlds what uh what was behind that decision
1: yeah that was that was really tough i mean um I imagine yeah <laughs> don was the coach and and I felt really bad you know like but I just felt like I'd given everything I, I had to give to New Zealand and I felt like it was time for other kids to come through. Yeah, And then also, you know, I had to look at, you know, where where was uh, my career going to end up at and, um, you know, to take advantage of some opportunities. Now, I never got play, paid playing for the U.S. You know, some people think I got bought off or something, but yeah. I never did. Mm. It wasn't that. It was some some other opportunities, you know, as far as, you know, networking. And, and then I wanted to try and help some of these younger people see if I can get USA softball, the younger kids to pitch, you know, better. And it, it never did work out. We tried, I did some clinics and camps and things like that, but it just wasn't there. There weren't the numbers. So, mm. um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was really tough. It was hard. And especially go back to New Zealand and play in New Zealand, f- you know, for the U S and um, you know, that was weird.
0: Well, that's <laughs> what I was, was going to ask. I was going to say, what, what was that like anyway? Yeah,
1: it wasn't, it wasn't good. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't feel comfortable with it, you know, but, um, it is what it is. Um, you know, uh, yeah. And, um, you know, so, you, you know, we, so that was about my last, uh, go around. I think after that, I think I might've played another Pan Am games and that was a tough thing. I never did win a Pan Am. So I think we finished second, second three times yeah. in Canada. And I think, yeah. So never could quite get that, that series.
0: Right. Right. Now, uh, we mentioned earlier on the numerous hall of fame inductions, uh, two of them being WBSC and ISCs. How special was it to get those calls?
1: Well, uh, you know, those are something, you know, you set yourself – I mean, I don't know if this was a thing. Now we say about set goals and vision boards and everything else. Yeah. But those were definitely something that I wanted to do because then you get ranked amongst, you know, the greats. There's certain statistics you have to have to be able to get into those types of things you know whether it's uh, i think at the time it was like six iscs or world oh um isfs you know yeah i think that was the number or, or four i think i might have been four four you had to go to four which you know over the span of 16 years now it's every two years but then it was every four years so that's talking about longevity of the game and being good for a number of years so that was kind of like always my goal was that one and then of course new Zealand. Um, was was a big one as well, being being named in your country. And then of course the ISC and ASA were another two really good ones that um, you know, and the ISC, that was the best club tournament in the world. Mm. Uh, you know, so again, just having your name in there against you mentioned some of the greats of the game, it was, it was a great honor.
0: Absolutely. No doubt. I mean, <laughs> like the ISC one, like 100%. Like, yeah. there's a lot of guys that yeah you know it's big it's huge and to you know to have your name in there i mean for the men's side it, it's it's pretty big <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah um well yeah and then uh, you know because i, I made the old world team and i think like nine times i don't know nine or ten times but ten. max ronison pointed this out and he said hey you never made it with the same club twice
0: so <laughs> 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 thanks Max. yeah, thanks, that's, Mark. yeah. yeah. No, thanks a lot <laughs> that's funny <laughs> but hey but you did have hey you were committed to your club team back home though no.
1: Yeah, I did. I only played one club team in New Zealand, Yeah, Um, you know, and and, um, I really enjoyed that. And like I said, it's a different atmosphere there. It's um, really a a communal type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's kind of one of the things I think that I wish we could change over the past was to, you know, these all-star teams have kind of um, hurt the game a little bit. And you start to wonder whether, you know, this transfer portal that's going on in college softball could change things, mm. you know, the opportunities for the younger kids coming through, whether you're creating these super teams, um, where it's not parity. And I listened to Nick Saban talk about this on a podcast, and he said, you know, the thing that makes the NFL so great is parity. Right. Uh, you know, there's these teams losing four or five games all the time. You know, you start getting, you know, when I was with Pencore, I think one year we were 129 and three. You know, is is, wow. is that necessarily wow. good for the game? You know, so mm. yeah, yeah. So you get those kind of things.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, let's jump back over the coaching side of things here. Um, yeah. Like, was that something that was always in the works, or you know, how did that come about?
1: <laughs> not at all. No, okay. <laughs> no, not at all. I think, you know, You know, it's kind of weird. I tried to get away from softball. I um, went back to school to get my degree and wanted to own my own business and ended up opening up a plate against sports store, uh, which is resale of used sporting goods. Yeah, yeah. We had them here. Uh, Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, I owned that from 93 uh, to 2003. Actually, 91 to 2003 in Sioux City, Iowa. Uh, so I owned that. Um, and then, um, you know, when I, uh, I went to, I think it was in 2000, the games were in Sydney, the yep, Olympic games. Yep. Um, so Ralph weekly had invited me with the national team to go and throw batting practice to the women's team in Hawaii. Not a bad gig. Huh? No, that's all right. No. Uh, yeah. So, no, so mm, let me think about that. Okay. I'll go. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I went over there, and he actually took me out to dinner one night, and he said, "Hey, you should really think about getting into coaching. Uh, the game is changing; it's getting bigger." Because this was—I remember this was after '96 Olympics. Before that time, the women's game wasn't necessarily that big. Right. The men's game was kind of bigger, especially in a lot of other countries. Um, you know, uh, it's, and so I thought about it, and I thought, "Oh, I'll have to think about it." And then, you know, the internet started coming out, and the shopping online was picking up. And I figured, you know, I need to be getting out of retail sports, uh, retail stores. So um, I, I kind of called up uh, Ronnie Isham, who's with the director of national teams with USA, with USA, who's now passed away. Um, and I said, hey, Ronnie, I'm looking for a position, but I don't want to start at the bottom. You know, maybe I was a little cocky of me. Not, but, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I don't really want to go through the, the statement. You know, I'm willing to hang out and just wait. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I had to have a job. So... Um, so I said, Hey, let me know. And so about six months later, I got a call from, uh, Kathy Aronson, who was the head coach at Oregon and, uh, she had just got the job from, uh, I think, uh, Mississippi state and her pitching coach didn't have a degree. And so he couldn't coach out there. So she was looking for someone with a degree and, you know, like I said before, I wouldn't have had that job. So oh, I got right. interviewed and, and I got the job, uh, two years as an assistant. And so that's how I got into it as an assistant coach for a couple of years. And then, you know, I had three daughters that were about well, seven, nine, and ten. Uh, so I was pretty young and I wasn't ready for the, the coaching lifestyle, which was, you know, hey, there is no hours. Right, there aren't yeah. Hours. Um, so I kind of quit and then started doing my own thing with lessons and everything. And then eventually what happened in about 2009 is uh, Kathy got let go and they were looking for another coach, and I got a call and said, "Hey, do you want to an interview?" And the rest is kind of history. So wow, again, sure. it was about uh, connections and and building bridges, and um, you know, using your networking, and it worked out for me.
0: Yeah, I guess it did because I like it's incredible. Of course, you you took over that Oregon program, and turned it into a powerhouse, and I mean, get this Hopi seven ninety six winning percentage for five World Series appearances during nine seasons there. That's crazy. <laughs> like, based yeah. on those numbers, it seems like the transition to being a head coach was pretty easy. How was it in reality?
1: Um, well, you, you know, you got to learn. There's a lot of things going around. It's not just coaching. You right. know, Of course, there's the whole management, um, you know, working with the female athlete. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's you know, like, you know, I came from a, a background of where, you got yelled at all the time, you know, Uh, uh, you know, know, so, um, so, you know, just finding out different ways to coach different people. And I think that was it. You can't just go out there and say, Hey, do it this way. (laughs) And then I always remember this. I remember going, uh, doing my first camp. And having some pictures and, and, uh, my head coach said to me, Hey, you need to write down a pitching plan for, you know, how to teach these kids. And I'm going, well, you just go like this, so, <laughs> <Throw them all. laughs> Yeah, yeah you Just do this, you know, but so I had no idea how to break it down because everything I'd learned was visual. Right. Right. You know, I didn't really know. Um, so the whole creation of everything, and now it's been 20 years, but you know, I've Formulated a whole system and everything else on how to teach it, but at those times it was really just a lot of you know watch and copy, and um, you know that was the thing that I thought I could bring to the to the women's game. I saw a lot of opportunity. Uh, I thought there was no reason why with the physical limitation you can see it right now, right back in the in the late nineties or or late eighties. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the woman's soccer player was not the same player it is today. Definitely now, there not. were great ones, don't get me wrong. Yep. There were great ones, but there weren't as many. Right, And so I felt like there was ability to train and teach just in the physical aspect of it um, was there. And, and that was the opportunity for me. And, and and I think we did a pretty good job of that. I had some good coaches come with me too. Lisa Dodd, Jess Alister, uh, who both turned out to be head coaches as well. That's so, right, yeah. Yeah.
0: So was there any of those world series appearances that you were like, ah, we should have had that one.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, you know, without a doubt, I think the one where we lost to Florida, the second game, we just didn't hit well. I mean, we she knew what she was throwing and, and, you know, I thought we had a really good team there. I think Jess Moore was pitching well. Um, and we just couldn't get it done. I think the other ones, we kind of had some bad luck against us and, and we didn't hit in the big moments. Not like we could, so I felt like we just never really played or pitched up to our ability, and, and you know, of course, I got to take ownership for that. I wasn't yeah. able to get it done, but um, but then again, you get a team like last year where we surprised everybody,
0: right? You know,
1: yes, right. do what we did, and then yeah. uh, and, and that was fun.
0: No, oh, no doubt. I, and I've had I, I've talked to many girls here on the podcast before about uh, that have played in the World Series, and they just talk about how different the atmosphere is from a coaching standpoint how is is it different from your point of view
1: yeah it really is you know like uh, i've been fortunate not just part of my upbringing as far as pitching but i I never felt like you know there was fourteen thousand people i never felt like that right always felt like it was just you know me and the 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 game you know i wasn't really worried about what was going on around me um and so but i will say this though it speeds up a lot things get really really quick in that environment yeah.
0: and, know, ma- and magnified
1: <laughs> and magnified yeah. with it, without a doubt, yeah. you know, so it is, it is different without a doubt. Well, you going to be able to slow it down.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And expect you, you like this year, you probably def, definitely would have noticed the difference between the last time you were there with Oregon, like how much bigger the game is getting.
1: Yeah. W- without a doubt. I yeah. mean, um you know, and, and just the, the whole, I mean, yeah, you, you being from like, 8,000 people to 14, you know, with double decker and all the media. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just awesome. I tried to explain it to our team and and, you know, what it was going to be like, and it's hard to do it justice. till you get there.
0: Yeah. 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 No doubt. Now, before we move on to Texas, I got to ask about the, the 2017 freshman group they had in Oregon with Haley, Shannon, Maggie, me and Miranda. I mean, that's quite a freshman crew that you had there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you can see it. I mean, every now and then, you, you look at some of the teams that Oklahoma's had, they've had that kind of right. you know group come in, you know, uh, and it, it can propel you. you. You've got them for four years, and it's like, oh, this is awesome. Mm. And then you can really build your team around it. You know, you can create systems. Um, and, and that's kind of what we've struggled to do the last few years at, at Texas is get that going. And I didn't realize when I went to Texas how hard it was going to be to re- had at Oregon I kind of maybe forgot that <laughs> right yeah yeah um, but it's taken a while and I think you're starting to see it with our freshman class and I don't want to go get yeah. too far ahead of my health, myself but I think that we're starting to get that back again a little bit we're starting to get some really top level players right coming in as freshmen and I'm hoping that can help us uh, you know continue to be successful and, and take another step forward
0: Ab- absolutely absolutely now of course June twenty fifth, twenty eighteen, you'd be named new head coach of, of Texas. Was that a tough decision or or a no brainer?
1: Um, it was a really tough decision. Yeah. You know, no doubt. <laughs> um uh, you know uh, I, I loved Oregon. Um, you know, I just felt like we were getting stagnated uh between myself and my A D on what was happening. We just things weren't going forward. You know, we had the new stadium and everything. Um, but I really felt like, uh, you know, salary was being, there was there wasn't much there, you mm-hmm. know, when you, especially when you start looking at, you know, the baseball program, what they're doing and how much he's making, you know, he's making three, four times what I'm making and I'm having way more success. And right. that's just one example, but it was just like, okay, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm not expecting to get what he gets, but at least make a, yeah,
0: know, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So. And they, they put a lot into their, their track program there. Do they not?
1: Oh, yeah, the track. I mean, but you know that. I mean, that's Nike. and that's
0: Yeah, what yeah. Yeah, so true I enough.
1: <laughs> just, I just felt that, you know, because I felt like I was probably one of the most successful coaches there, other than, um, you know, this was before football, right? But football was obviously was, was pretty good at that time with Chip. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, and the track and field was good. But I was definitely one of the most successful coaches there, and I felt like I should be compensated for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it didn't work out. So I just felt like we were at loggerheads. Um, and so I kind of went out and, and, Texas was looking for a coach. And so I went to them, but I gave Texas, uh, I gave Oregon the last, uh, right of refusal there. Um, and, uh, they didn't want to deal with me. Oh. Um, so it, it kind of get a little ugly there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. But, um, you know, I had a, a, you know, I had a nice place there. I was uh, settled down. I think they thought that too. They thought, well, he's too entrenched. He's not going to leave. So they kind of called my bluff. Uh, but, uh, you know, you don't bluff with Texas, obviously. No, so,
0: absolutely not.
1: <laughs> um, so it, it was big. But fortunately, um, my sister-in-law and my mother-in-law were living in Austin already. Um, my three daughters moved down with us into Austin. So it was it was pretty cool. We were able to move as a whole family.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Now, one thing I read is that you like to instill a, a, a play loose and have fun attitude. Now, was this yeah. was this something... That you did in your days or was just learned over time
1: no um it was something i learned later in my career oh, okay. it was like <laughs> i um i used to put so much pressure on myself you know just to perform and uh i uh, i know i think i've told this story to my players a lot of times but i think we we're in victoria and uh we were playing i think the farm and um you know they hit a home run off me to put the game out of reach you know pretty much and uh, my three kids are in the stands, and I kind of look around, and they're all clapping and yelling. And so, you're know, like, <laughs> they, you know, they didn't care. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, like, they don't really care. You know, they're just having fun. They're enjoying it. And so, I thought, you know what, there's bigger things in life than this. And uh, so, very true, yeah. that's wow. kind of where I, uh, yeah so those little things like that just took note of. And from that point, I put a lot, a lot less pressure on myself and actually had a good end of my career. And so I'm trying to bring that, I'm bringing those stories into my team. It's like, you know what? Um, you you know, you, you've got to enjoy the process and and smell the roses as you go along here. Mm. Um, and and that's what I try to bring into the players. What's the worst thing can happen. You lose, you know, exactly. It's, you know, someone is going to or not, whether you want to or not. Um, so you know, just just learn to accept it and move on, and um, you know, still give your best. Obviously, you want to win. I mean, yeah, I hate losing more than I like winning, but it doesn't mean it's it's going to be the end of everything. Absolutely,
0: no, one hundred percent true. Now, before we get to the final segment here, I gotta I gotta talk about the wild ride to the Women's College World Series last season. Yeah. Uh, first, I need to ask what the message was after the seven one loss to Arkansas after the first game of supers because you know. After that you guys were light like out until the finals of the World Series.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I know we've just been so up and down the whole year anyway. So yeah. it was like, okay, guys, this is just another game, you yeah. know. And, you know, just um just keep playing. Are, you know, are we ready to give this back right now? You know, I talk about playing for rune keys. Um, you know, we just want to keep those rune keys and not give them back. Um right. and we just said, hey, look, you know, the game doesn't know. The game doesn't know we lost seven one. It's gonna reward the team that plays the best. And I've always said that's that second game, if you're playing a three game set, the second game is the most important. Um, because it can be a momentum game. Yep. And um and, and that's that's kinda of what happened. We got onto a bit of a roll there. Um, you know, and and uh, we were able to to string together and um we we pitched our uh you know, our transfer into the ground. Hattie Dolcini just pitched fantastic. Oh with she, was, she was light us. out. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, we had our freshman um, <laughs> who, uh, you know, uh, effectively wild, so to speak, but she really gutted it up and she had to make a pitch. She made a great pitch. Um, and I don't know if most people know this, but you know, Arkansas was one of the top home run hitting teams in the country.
0: Yeah.
1: And our staff was able to keep them to no home runs in that series, which was, uh, wow. which was yeah.
0: Yeah. That's pretty good. Jeez, Wow. The, uh, so during that World Series, like during that World Series run, I mean, how was, uh, did, was everybody's attitudes, you know, even keel through that whole series, were they?
1: Yeah, we, we felt really confident against UCLA for some reason. You know, we just felt like we, we, we kind of had a really good game plan. We knew what we wanted to do and we executed it very well. Mm-hmm. And of course, Haley pitched well. They didn't see Haley the time we threw against them. Um You know, uh, uh, I think we had uh, Sophia pitch that game, and so they hadn't seen her, so we're confident in that part of it. Um, You know, and and so we were able to really just play one of our best games of the year and get off to a great start. And, of course, with the tough one against Oklahoma, and they kind of had our number. Uh, You know, we beat them the one time during the season, but, you know, you just cannot make mistakes against that team. That's kind of like that was part of it. Uh, And then the positive side of that was we went to the other side of the bracket. Right. And that gave us an opportunity to play some other teams uh, and get back onto a role.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, actually, funny thing about that uh, you just mentioned about beating Oklahoma. I actually called that you guys were going to win that game based yeah. on the fact that Cat's jersey was retired that game. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was like, they're going to win. Like, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> I
1: like it. I like it. Yeah, well, she was definitely there, and we, we enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean. You know, again, you know, Dulcini threw great. Dulcine threw great the first game against them mm. and then threw even better the second game and, um, you know, missed away one mistake to make it 4 2. But right. it was probably one of our best games, uh, definitely in my coaching career at Texas.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Now, in your opinion, was that Oklahoma team one of the best ever?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I mean, they've had a several of those, but. Um, you know, they, they, they had, I mean, what gets underlooked, overlooked a little bit about Oklahoma is their defense.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: You know, their, their defense is lights out. Um, you know, so not only can they hit, uh their intelligent ball players, um, play good defense. You know, so they're the measure of the game right now. And we've just got to get better. And um, it's not like it's in a physical impossibility to do that. Mm. I mean, the rest of us can do that. We just got to work smarter and harder. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's not like they've got a license on uh, physical ability. It's yeah.
0: so, <laughs> <That's> so true. <laughs> yeah.
1: But you know, mindset-wise, they're, they're they're tough. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying it's easy, but you know, it can't happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, are you going after that Patty Gasso money next contract renewal? Or- <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I just had another contract, and it wasn't that much. I, I, I think mine's missing a few zeros.
0: <laughs> that's crazy. Like,
1: I, You know what, though? It,
0: it's like, hey, as far as moving the game forward, I, hey, it's I'm all for it.
1: But why not? I exactly. Mean, obviously, you know, that's – I mean, they've made no qualms about it that, uh, you know, they had three sports that are pumping their, their business, and it's mm-hmm. football. It's that and I think it's gymnastics, is the other one, right? Yeah. I think they're national champions in gymnastics, so you know they've already said that. And, and I think it's great if the rest of us want to get on board and, and promote our programs, we can do it. Like yeah. You look at the College World Series viewership, there are so many people watching that, so the opportunity is there if these athletic departments want to get behind it. Yeah, um, the problem is at Texas, though, we have 19 to 20 of those sports, that's great. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, There's, you know we've won the Directors Cup two years in a row for being the the most outstanding athletic department um, in the country, and um, you don't get that without, without equality and um, you know even money being spent throughout the sports. So mm-hmm. our AD does a great job in that. I know he's got a tough job. You know we just can't can't go out there and just dump it all into one or two sports. We've got to have equality across the, across the board. But as as I say that, we also need football to be excellent, right. and um, you know. The, definitely, you know, I went to the game on Saturday, the game the weekend before, and that place is jamming with 104,000 people. So <laughs> wow.
0: that's, <pretty> <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, that's awesome. I, but I mean, as far as the game goes, I mean, the game's moving in, in the right direction for sure. I mean, the sky's the limit as far as, as, far as the NCAA goes, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's there, there no doubt. I mean, in. Um, yeah, we just wish it would stay in the Olympics. Mm. Uh, the Olympic thing was what it got it going. Yep. Uh, the 96 Olympics, that was just tremendous. You know, then we got to the, you know, the Sydney. Uh, and then unfortunately, you know, we all, you know, we have our ideas of why it got dropped. I got dropped. And, um, you know, we just need to get, get it back in there and, and make sure it's a stable thing. And hopefully LA can turn that around for us and get it going again.
0: Yeah. I don't know how it's not going to be in LA. Like, Yeah, in U.S. and no softball, it doesn't make sense. Like, the IOC has to like there has to be something that's gonna get in there because. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we have a final segment here, Mike, that we uh, we like to do. We call it player association. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna throw out some names to you, and uh, you can speak about them if you have a story. Throw it out there.
1: (laughs) I'm usually not the best with stories.
0: All right. Well, first one, first one. You mentioned him earlier,
1: Ty Stofflet. Oh yeah um i think he may mean the shortest guy with the longest arms (laughs) (laughs) he uh he he does he's like one of those guys that just had those long arms and he could spin it and uh, a really good guy obviously he was very confident but uh he could really move it around and like i said he was one of those guys that i looked up to so got me into pitching i was just so mesmerized by what he could do
0: right on uh next is timmy wall
1: Oh, wow. A great catcher. And you know, he did his pain impersonation of doing the splits on the ground to get that <laughs> drop ball low. And he was the guy who was, you feel like he was pitching the game with you, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, when, when you needed a big hit, Timmy Wall was the guy. He'd come through and just smack it. Nice. You know, so I, I like Timmy.
0: Right on. Uh,
1: Mike Nichols. He's <laughs> my best friend growing up. Oh, nice! So uh, we we got some stories that I can't tell. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, he you know he had a, he had a, a cobra tattooed on his left arm as a kid, and you know? so he, he was uh, you know he, he was uh, wiry strong, um, and he was you know I, I think you know we never had the technical training when we were younger, mm. but he was just a, a really good hitter, great outfitter, strong arm. He had all the tools, and uh, he he played hard. He uh, ended up being a good captain, uh, you know, for his club team PK mm-hmm. back in the day. So yeah, Mike was was really good.
0: Right on, uh, Mike Walsh.
1: Oh, again, you know, one of the first um, brainiacs of New Zealand softball that really turned things around for us, and and was able to. He was a hard man to play for. Like some guys, he, he kind of graded on him a little bit, but um, you know, I knew where he was coming from. He was just trying to get the best out of us. Mm -hmm. um but he's always stayed in touch he stays in touch with me to this day you know by facebook and and everything else and and just lets me know how things are going in new zealand right on two more
0: here uh fellow kiwi and fellow ncaa coach uh, travis wilson
1: yeah, Travis. Um, I can't believe you look back some of the photos, he's a skinny little thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> not, not now, but um, you know, along with him and Mark Sorensen, he was one of the first guys to, to get the opportunity to play baseball and kind of spread the word. And, of course, uh, he was the first one to actually take the leap. Mm. Mark Sorensen didn't do it, but uh, Travis took the leap. You know, when He was 16 or 17 years old and um, obviously a really smart ball player. You could see it um, even at a young age, that yeah, he was going to go places, and um, you know now, of course, he's become a great coach, and uh, you know, trying to get that degree so he can become a head coach somewhere.
0: Right on, I'm, I'm sure he will, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last but not least, friend of the show, they call him Brutus, Mark Sorrenton. Yeah,
1: the greatest greatest character I played for him, one of the greatest players. Um, always a statesman, you know. Um, you know, tries to do things the right way the, uh, at the right time. Um, you know, and, and was obviously a great captain uh in his own rights um but uh just um you know we used to call him robo bat, you know he was like as a robot up there hitting the ball, you know just never seemed to miss um but uh tremendous catcher, really again, just like Tim wall was really thinking with you um you know as, as how to get the most out of you as, as a as a as a pitcher and as a player, so I really enjoyed playing with mark
0: awesome, awesome well, that's a perfect way to end this mike listen man i i gotta thank you so much for coming on i mean i've been wanting to talk to you for for forever now you're a big part of the game i've I've watched your career through throughout the years and and for you to take the time and come on i i really appreciate it
1: Oh, it's not a problem i love doing it and um you know it brings back some good memories actually starting to think back through the summer you know, I, I remember some things that I'd forgotten about. <laughs> <laughs> That's always but, good when um, we can do that. Fun. Yeah, you know, but you know, I've been blessed. You know, my my wife has been a big part of the ability of me to play this game so long. You know, you know, having three children it's not easy. Being away from home, uh, you know, and then having all that responsibility and. We are raising three great children. Um, So there's always someone behind the scenes that allows you to do what you need to do. That's right. And she's, she's the champion for me. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully we're going to be watching you in OKC in, in June there in the Women's College World Series and, you know, wish you all the best.
1: Oh, thank you so much. We need all the support we can get. You know, you know how to do the hook'em? Yeah, yeah.
0: Got him up. Got <laughs> him up right now. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah baby. Hook'em.
0: <laughs> all right, Mike. Take care, pal. Take care, Mike. Okay, you guys. See
3: you later. Legend.
0: That was so fun. Man. <laughs>
3: yeah. I, I
0: am so happy right now.
3: I know you are. That was great. Just put your clothes back on.
0: Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'll put them back on now. Yeah. He's... Done it all, man. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Uh, like we said, eight Hall of Fame inductions, so many awards from the men's side and, and he's growing Very humble growing too, eh? Oh yeah. 100%. Extremely humble. Yeah. And uh, actually, he's talked about his daughters. They, they're they involved in the game. i, I know. Oh, sure they will be. I know. <laughs> well, no. Nairi, me. Nairi, uh, his, I think that's his oldest daughter. I might be, I, I'm pretty sure, but she has a pitching school and everything. That, oh wow. Uh, that she does. And she played, college ball for a bit and yeah so i mean like we talked about the family is definitely entrenched um, in ball yeah <laughs> like, so nice yeah anyway
3: not to mention it's 100 degrees down there right now yeah <laughs> i wish we were in that yeah <laughs> <No>, it's <laughs> nice we had a hurricane coming yep.
0: yeah anyway what uh so we have what's next randy Well, actually
3: i have playoff sunday playoff are you doing well, the podcast live from the playoffs in <laughs>
0: no yeah, <laughs> it's probably gonna be a watered out Elk yeah, story, yeah, yeah, so that. when people are listening to this on Monday, if we played, we're wrong. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll probably be playing tonight, Monday.
3: Oh, goodness.
0: Isn't that true? Yes. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyway. uh, Oh, yeah. As far as, far as upcoming, I know I have scheduled next week, uh, Sydney, Little John Watkins. She's uh, she played in AU Nice. this past season. She uh, came out of retirement to actually Play pro. She played for University of Alabama. Sweet. Through the years. So uh, can't wait to talk to her. Her uh, her husband is actually an assistant coach with the Florida Gators football.
3: Team. Oh, wow. Jesus. Yeah. That's cool.
0: So I said she's like been posting stuff at the game like they're like Mike talked about playing in front of
3: 104,000 yeah. people. Yeah. They are, too. Yeah, like, that's nuts. College football is just yeah. crazy down there. So. We had seven people at the playoff game last night. <laughs> <time. laughs> that's kidding. awesome. I'm kidding. Was, I'm kidding. It was like 14. Yeah, there's 14. <laughs> anyway. All right, Hopi. All right, buddy. Another week. Yes.
0: Anybody uh, listen to us again? If it's your first time, follow us on social media. All the accounts, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Subscribe. That's it. Jeez, that's a lot. I know, that's a lot. All right. All right, Hopi. Have a good Take week. Take care, buddy. Classified.
2: I read the rules before I broke them. I broke the chains before they choked me out. Uh. Now I pay close attention yeah. until I learn the code. Uh-oh. I learned to read the map before bounce I hit the road. Hey yo, I know you never heard this before But I'd rather lose a fight than miss the war And I ain't wishing competition or fishing for it I'm just living in a system, conditions are poor I've been lost in the rhythm and misinformed Too many late nights hitting the liquor store Too many bad decisions, half-ass attempts No sweat, no fear, no blood, no tears I go hard, and I ain't making up no excuse I'm overdue, I don't do what I'm supposed to do Cause if you can think about it, man, we're supposed to lose It ain't all pinch perfect ocean views I was a first class rookie, taking out bullies in my all black hoodie. Man, a mystery, you know the history. Get it or forget it, cause poof, I'm outta here. I read the rules before I broke them. I broke them. Uh I broke the chains before they choked. I've been hot and I've been real low. I've been beaten and broken, but I heal though. So many ups and downs, roughed up and clown. We all got problems, but we deal though. I'm trying to do better now. Find my inner peace. Learn my art form and find my energy. When my back's on the wall, I don't freeze up. Now I find my inner strength and i will real. Here we go. I know I've never been the smartest the wisest, but I realize what it takes. Never dwell in the dark because the sun always rises, but gotta make it to the next day. It's a feeling that you get in your lungs when you run, but you're running out of air in your breath.
0: Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902 499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717 Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner Strikes Again.